0: Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci.
1: And Scott Jans.
0: This is episode 166 Saturated in the Smokies. On this episode, we recap our Smoky Mountain adventure trip the challenges, the rewards, and the wet reality of three days spent in the backcountry. Get talking about this topic or your very own Smoky Mountain adventure. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Trust the Trail Podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community.
1: And a huge welcome to a new member of Trust the Trail Podcast tribe, thedirt.com which we are using right now on taking our Trusted Trail podcast on the road. The Dirt is the top camping search platform in the United States with over a million-plus user-submitted locations, reviews, and trips. The platform is free to use on the web, no cost to you. You get an iOS and Android app along with it with additional functionality available in the paid Pro version, which we are using. I mean, it's great. We planned our whole... All the way up to the UP with it so far. If you get the pro version, which pays for itself like in two camping trips, you save 40% on your first night camping, Sunday through Thursday, two-night minimum. Holidays, of course, are excluded. You get an additional 10% off on all other nights at campgrounds offering the premium discount and 30% off of camping gear. Come on, you guys. This is, this is a no-brainer. The cost is $35.99 a year. Just go to our website at TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and click on our exclusive offer for our listeners. It's right on the front page. Also, if you're looking for additional gear deals, bookmark TheBackpackerStore.com. We built that site for you. The power's in the search. You can use the search area to type in any piece of gear you want and then compare all the prices from all the major online outfitters like Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, CampSaver, saver eastern mountain sports enlightened gear msr they're all on the BackpackerStore.com. in full disclosure we built that site for you and at no additional cost we do take a small commission off of any gear that you buy and put it right back into our podcast so you guys got a little wet on this trip a
0: little wet definitely an understatement but we did have one day without rain No, I take that back. We didn't. (laughs) We almost did. We came close. (laughs) We came close.
1: All I can tell you is at one point in time where the airstream was parked, I thought I was going to have to start looking for pontoons. Uh, It was was, a flash flood of epic proportions, ladies and gentlemen.
0: And it was a flash flood out on the trail as well. Um, I have to say, despite the continued wetness, the epic wetness that we experienced in true Smoky Mountain form, I might add. It was a sensational, sensational adventure. Um, Up just around 4,000 feet, just digging into Mother Nature and accepting everything that she had to offer, we had an exceptionally wonderful time. Singing in the rain.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, and we were singing.
1: Well, I, I think it, it it's one of those magical trips where everybody just gelled and clicked and became really good friends. And, I mean, the camaraderie, the genuine smiles that you guys displayed. Now, I posted a photograph on our Facebook group as you were going in. You guys are all clean, fresh, all happy. But here's the thing. These guys got drenched soaking wet when they came off the trail, I'm expecting, you know, a little a little worse for wear. They looked just as happy.
0: I think we were happier I don't than think, when we left. Loved- yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Good we, for you. We we loved every minute of what was offered up to us. And we we embraced it and we in just we immersed ourselves in it and we enjoyed it. And that's what these adventure trips are about. They they just they bring out continued excitement and enjoyment of the space that you go to enjoy.
1: Well, we all sat around the picnic table after the hike was over and everyone got cleaned up and the rain
0: ish cleaned up ish. <laughs> <It> cleaned up ish. <laughs>
1: right it's just a big part of that and it became a beautiful evening it was was, the trail gifted us a very beautiful evening to sit down we cooked shish kebabs we sat down around the picnic table and we just kind of recapped the hike for everybody and uh this is us live sitting around the picnic table talking talking about the trip it was awesome we are live in Elkmont campground in the smokies uh with two of our hiker friends uh, Becky and Kim it's been a beautiful night so far we had shish kebabs we had a roaring campfire we have blue sky right after the flood of 2020 <laughs> that these three ladies went backpacking in uh, for the last two days so we're gonna hear all about what their adventure was and how they did it and um, so, first of all, thank you guys for coming on the trip. Really appreciate it. Um, I guess our, I guess we're dying to know what, what was your expectations of the trip, first of all, versus the reality of the trip. Well, my
2: expectations after reading the itinerary and stuff was that it was going to be really, really tough. <laughs> and it wasn't nearly as, as tough as what I thought it was going to be. Um, We took a lot of stops, and it was really beautiful, and I thoroughly enjoyed the whole
3: thing. Yeah, actually, I had a very similar experience as well. I was really worried about the trip at first because I haven't actually brought in my own tent or brought in my own food when I've done um, hiking. And so I was really worried about pack weight. I was worried about, you know, physically whether I'd be able to do it, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. I didn't fall off the mountain.
0: So, so, Becky, this was your very first backpacking trip where you carried all of your own gear in, uh, had to set it up. Um, Mother Nature handed you one, uh, a little bit of a gift to test how good you are at setting your gear up. Um, so why this trip in particular? Why this particular event? Why the Great Smoky Mountains?
3: I have always loved the Smoky Mountains. Um, As a kid, my family came out here for a trip, and it always left an impression, and that was over 30 years ago. And then about 10 years ago, I actually flew out to North Carolina and then drove through the Great Smokies and it just left such a great impression. And I've always wanted to come back and just wanted that experience to actually take that next step to be a better backpacker.
1: Kim, what about you? What was it about the Smokies?
2: I just recently moved from Fort Wayne to Asheville, North Carolina, and I've always loved the mountains. And so I was looking for something that was different that I hadn't done before and saw the the trip posted and it was like, yes, this is the trip I need to start with.
1: Well, the Smokies, are, it's a very unique place. Um, I love the Smokies only because you never know what you're going to get. Uh, Mother Nature definitely rules in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, there is no planning for good weather, bad weather. Um, when she wants to let you know that she's in charge, she will let you know. Um, I think on your hike around that you did a few years ago through the Smokies, you went from 85 degree weather to snow and that was in May. So the Smokies are really unique. Um, it's, I think they're unique in their historical value. I think they're unique in, the way people come out and celebrate the Smokies. But I think it's unique because, yeah, I mean, what you expect might be hard could be easy. What you expect could be easy might be a butt kicker. Um, And that's the thing I love about the Smokies the most is that you really never know what you're going to get. Even when you plan the route and you know what the elevation is going to be, it's a whole lot different when you're on the trail. And, and what was really cool to see was when you guys came in you you guys did great on your pack weight. I mean you it was awesome. So Becky, what did you you weighed in at what?
3: I weighed in at 236 but it was funny. I originally was worried I thought it was closer to 30 because i had also weighed my boots and all the clothes that I wore. Um, And even had a spreadsheet where I weighed different shirts and different things to see which one weighed less to bring it in. (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, so 23.6 to start.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about that pack weight here upcoming in just a moment because there's something you guys need to know.
1: What is your pack weight at?
2: Um, I came in at 27.5. So a little bit a little bit heavier than I would have liked, but it was doable.
1: Well, I think that's the name of the game is like when you know you're gonna go into and this was only a two night trip, two night a uh, three day two night trip. Ariane, what was your pack weight?
0: Actually it was a lot heavier than I had hoped it to be and it was nineteen six.
1: You got a golf clap. Is it a golf club? Round. Round?
0: It was a little heavier than I wanted to go.
1: That's very, very cool. That's awesome. My pack weight was zero because it was just you guys going. I stayed back with the dogs <laughs> in the torrential drain- downpour. Um, well, I think the the really the crux of the trip then is Jake's Creek, which is really if you follow Jake's Creek Trail up to Panther, up to Middle Prong, up to Lynn Prong, and then to Murray Ridge, it's a lollipop route um it gives you the best of the best. So I've got to ask um what did you think about the gems of the Smokies, the hidden secrets? Now, they're not they're not so secret. One of them is appearing on trail maps all of a sudden, digitally. They're not on any of the National Forest maps and they're not on the Smoky Mountain National Geographic map, but on digital apps they're it's starting to show up a little bit. What did you think about the cabin. That's what I really want to know. What did you guys think when you took that long bridge walk? And it's it is the longest bridge walk in the Smokies. What did you guys think about the cabin?
3: I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really well built, and it was super inspirational that two sisters built it with the help of their dad. And it's I have this idea that oh, I want to be you know backwoods and do all of that. Don't know if we're ever gonna get there, but to actually see it. Uh, It was just absolutely incredible. It was one of my favorite parts for sure.
2: I agree. The front porch, I could easily have a rocking chair out there and sit for hours and hours and (laughs) hours and just enjoy the mountains. Um, it, It was the historic things that we saw were probably one of the best things of the trip.
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes leaving out of Elkmont so cool is because... You you're leaving in history. You're walking into history. You get to see history. Um, I think one of the cool things is seeing all these chimney stacks that are just out on the trail. And you're like, man, that used to be someone's home. That was like a homestead. You know, Um, the Avent cabin is cool because you think about it and all the TV shows you watch today and everything that you see promoting, you know, off grid living you know, and, and tiny homes, two sisters in the 1800s were already doing it and they did very successfully. And that cabin is the most well-preserved cabin in the entire Smoky Mountain National Park. Um, and that's why they don't let, it's not very common knowledge that the cabin is there, but yet it's there and it's easily hiked to, um, and I, I think that's really that I think that's one of the really cool things about Elkmont in particular in hiking out into the wilderness or hiking into the national park through Elkmont. Um, Are on your thoughts about the cabin?
0: <laughs> well, I I love history and I love getting to see it in its reality of as preserved as it can be um and and the cabin offers so much history and historical value and photographs once you're in there and it it was it was really it's really amazing to stand in the same space where somebody created something years prior to where you're standing there now and to to think what life would have been um and and that was the whole point of uh, leaving from Elkmont is, is is looking at the historical value and and trying to put yourself into these shoes of of people that have established this place and and made it into not what it is now but made it into a point um, of interest for for all of us. Um, I I would I would question both you Becky and Kim. I, it, there was so much history on this adventure. There was a lot of history. There was one missed piece of history that we did not see but there were there was it was steeped in history uh little pockets of things throughout you know becky pointed out something that i didn't even know existed uh up in the tree somewhere just these historical aspects that just popped all over but there was so much more i would say what was one of your favorite um adventures beyond the history of the adventure i'll go
2: with that one (laughs) The best thing was on the second day, we went to this waterfall and it was actually three waterfalls, but we were up at the top one and it was a beautiful day. We were able to go in the water and get close to the waterfall and it was absolutely gorgeous. I could could have spent all day there and we did spend a fair amount of time there.
3: (laughs) Yeah, actually the same thing. It was one of those where I got to the top of the trail. I was just a little bit ahead um, of Ariane and Kim and saw this little side trail and there was like a stack of rocks and I was like, Ooh, I wanna explore. And so I just went around for a moment and I was like, hey, I wanna go this way. And then Ariane gets this kind of smile (laughs) on her face. (laughs) Then I realized what that smile meant. She's like, Why don't you keep going? And it was just fantastic over these roots and then the waterfalls and It was quite cold and a little tricky to navigate in certain times.
1: I want to know what was up in the tree that you saw that was historical value. What did you see? Like you said that there was something up in the tree. What was up in the tree?
0: so up in the tree was a pulley system okay
1: i'm thinking <laughs> but, is there somebody still up there yeah. <laughs> did they build a tree house like we could have said anything i know i it. know like there's something um, in the tree that was historical
0: well there's there's so much logging in this area uh from way back then and so it was just a little aspect of once was a logging area in which they used to pulley things up and down there's there's, um, steel ropes for lack of a better word cables cables (laughs) words seem to be an issue on this trip (laughs) it's like a game of scrabble (laughs) scrabble and hiking combined um but you know there were so many things popped around Uh, that was actually a unique one that i didn't even know existed having done this trail before so it was really cool to just happen upon it and it wasn't something that i identified to our group but that they identified to us
1: did you see any ghosts on the trip a lot of people say that this area is haunted
0: uh no but i but i did see a crab walking
1: (laughs) (laughs) was that a ghost
0: (laughs) so so everybody knows trail names are a thing are they they are
1: (laughs) it's like a right it's like a it's a it's a, a rite of passage
0: it's a rite of passage and um one of our podcast listeners sitting in front of us tonight um, has a new trail named crab walker and that kind of came about as we were at one of the most beautiful gyms the waterfall and ha- I, in order to get to the waterfall there was a little maneuvering that was extremely on the creative side And it turned into a crab walk to get into the waterfall.
1: I saw the video. It is indeed a crab walk. There is no denying. There is is no denying. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Crab Walker.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was uh, walking on the stones and I was walking barefoot. And they were a little bit wobbly. And of course, it didn't occur to me to go back to get my hiking poles because I was just so excited to get to the waterfall. And I was like, you know what would be so much easier if I just got down on all fours. <laughs> Meanwhile, I kind of look up and I see Kim and I see Arianne, but I don't really, it doesn't register that Kim is videoing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it is caught on video. But it was way easier to do it on all fours and just kind of walk like a crab. I got to the waterfall.
1: Well, it's an interesting video, to say the least, crab walker. Um, you, you did very well. You, you did awesome. And, Kim, you also have a trail name you would like to uh, talk about.
2: My trail name, um, I got uh, several years ago when I was doing some section hiking on the AT, and it's O-W-W-B which stands for one who walks behind because I'm always the last one there, but I always
1: get there. Absolutely. Very, very cool. (laughs) So you guys, you guys had a great trip. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, But what do you think the highlight of the trip was, Ariane? Was it the massive downpour of rain and the amount of water that was coming down from the sky? (laughs) Because you guys different. It was, it was really different. So down here at the campground uh, today, I'll bet you we had, oh, my God, it had to be at least three, four inches of rain for two hours. It, it was bad. It really, really, it really downpoured. What was it like? Well, ask you, how. What is, what is that like hiking or backpacking in just a torrential downpour? Because you guys had to set up your camp the first night as it's pouring. And I think that's one of the biggest questions people ask all the time. Is is at least with us when we teach boot camp, is how do I set my tent up in the rain? Or how do I tear it down in the rain? Well you guys got that chance to do it. So Crab Walker, I will ask you first, what lessons did you learn setting up your tent in a torrential downpour?
3: Definitely had some. Uh the most Impactful night was actually the second night, when I didn't hear Ariane say "cover your pack" or "cover your gear." <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know what? It'll pass. And I'm just panicking, and I'm trying to get it set up. Meanwhile, my pack is getting completely soaked, and the cover for the pack is inside the pack, right there for me to grab. Um, and so <laughs> I had a lot of wet gear. Uh, I I did have my clothes and different things, and and bags though I did have a big bag of very wet clothes already um from the sweat and the rain that was in my tent and so for me, um, I don't have a lot of experience with setting up my tent. I'm also kind of one of those people that's like, "Oh, we'll just throw it up and it'll be it'll be fine." Well, that's not actually re- a really great idea. So Ariane was teaching me the correct way to set up my tent, uh, which was really awesome. So I'm excited to practice.
1: How, how did you feel, putting setting up your stuff in pouring rain?
2: I I had a similar. Um, Experience where I had everything laid out, trying to dry it from the night before, and Ariane said, "Oh, I don't think it's going to rain," <laughs> and about thirty seconds later, there was this huge downpour. So, and I was so intent on getting my tent up that I also forgot to put my my backpack. <laughs> um cover on and so inside the backpack got wet and again i had baggies in there for my clothes and stuff so it wasn't horrible Um, but my tent was fairly wet inside i did have to use my towels and wring them out multiple times to get all the water out of the inside of the tent but even with everything being a little bit damp or wet um, i still slept really nice and warm and it was, it was a comfortable night.
0: Every every single morning uh, we woke up at camp, there were lessons learned from the previous night. <laughs> and I think that's one of the most beautiful things uh, that I get to experience as a guide. No, I'm sorry, Kim, I'm not always right about the weather. <laughs> I may be off just ever so slightly. But I also did preface, or I, I guess I, At the end of that statement, I said, but it is the mountains you never know. So I did cover my butt in that case. But I think. Nice comeback. I know. (laughs) I know. You had to throw it in there just in case. Right. Um, But I but I think that the beautiful part about this trip for me is that it was not comfortable conditions at any point at any given point it well I take that back one of the evenings beautiful sleeping weather beautiful sensational sleeping weather but but it was either really muggy and warm and hot on the first day or it was just a complete downpour and just rain for six and a half hours on our last day um And, and it's, and at some point there, there is a little bit of suck value. There's a little bit of uncomfortableness and, and getting to watch you both go through that to, to me is, to me is rewarding because I, I, I could see, I could see both of you did learn something from this adventure. Um, and I, and I know that Kim, you've been backpacking a lot. And, you know, you kind of have more of a rhythm down. And so you kind of, your lessons were a little uh, less steep than I would say Becky's. Um, This being Becky's first trip, there were a lot of lessons. And and getting to explore those with you and, and go through them with you and explore, like, what could have been different or what you have learned to be able to take the knowledge with you going forward was probably one of my biggest highlights of the trip outside of, um, the, the, the physical experience. Um, and our second night at camp, you jotted down a laundry list of things that you would have done differently next time you go out. Um, and you were really proud of, of the lessons you've learned and you were really proud of, of, of what what you absorbed from the actual real life experience. So I, I want to talk a little bit about some of those bigger highlights that you learned. Less close. Uh, number
3: 1. For whatever reason I got way too in my head. A lot of the hiking that I've done, I could always stay either in, you know, a hostel or some of that stuff was carried in. So I brought more clothes on this backpacking trip for three days, two nights than I did the entire time I was in Spain walking the El Camino de Santiago, which took me 40 days to do 500 miles. So that's what I always go back to in my mind when I'm like, why did I do this? And one of my biggest lessons learned, which was so insightful, is I'm used to being able to hike to get somewhere to either take care of my clothes or Someone else is like setting up a tent or, you know, whatever that may be. Whereas here, I saw both Ariane and Kim wear the same shirt. And you have to put on your wet clothes. You're going to be wet. There wasn't...
2: We weren't wearing the same oh, shirt. Oh, not... Yes. They <laughs> each wore their own, <laughs> their own
3: shirt. Yes. But it was really insightful because I'm used to being able to get into dry, clean clothes. And so that was really awesome. Uh, by the time we... I was really curious what my pack was going to weigh when we came back. Because I do sweat a lot. So nothing ever dried out. And... Um, They made a really good point that you're just going to put on your wet clothes, but then your body heat's going to warm things up. And so then you'll be uncomfortable for a hot minute, and then you should be okay. But then when I weighed my pack, when I came back with all those wet clothes, it was, I think, when we reduced the food that I ate and the water that I drank probably four pounds heavier than when I actually started the trip so that was an awesome lesson learned
1: yeah that's really good advice for new backpackers so sometimes when you bring a lot of clothes they all get wet and you got to carry those things in your pack Um, what about Kim did you did you uh, any kind of lessons learned on this trip?
2: Um, put your backpack cover on your backpack before you put your tent up. Was <laughs> Don't
1: listen to Ariane about the weather.
2: <laughs> Actually, she tried to blame that on me, too, because I had made a statement earlier that as long as I had my backpack cover on, it wouldn't rain. And I had taken my back cover backpack cover off, and that's when it started to rain. So it was all my fault. I'll take the point. Um, other than that, um, I always bring too much food, and I did again. I could have probably halved it, and I'd been fine, because I don't eat a lot the first few days I'm hiking. And I know that, and I just should not bring so much food. But
1: Yeah, that's, that's the common thread, food and clothes, man. That's like the... That is... That's... It always seems to be the food and clothes. So, Ariane, what about you? Did you learn anything on this trip? Lessons Lessons learned learned for you.
0: Breaking your boots more (laughs) before you go out. We always talk about foot care, right? Yeah. And I was. Did you get a
1: blister?
0: I did. Oh. I got two, to be precise. And this is the first time that I have had a blister in my boots in a long time. And. This is something you kind of forget. So I've been hiking in my Tevas for a very long time, uh, pretty much all fall, all summer. Um, and, and I was not prepared to put the boots back on in these wet conditions. And I was so worried about you two. <laughs> I must have asked how many times How's your body regulated? Like, are you, is your body temperature okay? How's your feet? Are you feeling any hot spots? But what they don't know is that I had two massive blisters on the back of my heels. Um, and that's just not preparing, being overconfident about these boots that have never given me a single problem in my life, but yet not having walked in them for so long and then going into wet conditions um a good lesson learned it gets the better of us every time but foot care is just so important and it 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 didn't take me down but it definitely taught me a a good reminder lesson
1: yeah and you know that's huge because you know when people buy new boots or they buy their running shoes or their any kind of foot care Um, that they're going to do a long distance hike. It's one thing to hike on a sidewalk at home. It's another thing to hike in the Smokies where there's tree roots, there's mud and it's wet. And I would imagine the water coming down the trail at some point in time was not even really a trail anymore. You were just basically hiking in a small little creek.
0: I was, I was particularly upset with these two for not packing a kayak. Yes. <laughs> I was like, didn't we suggest that on the gear suggestion list? Right. Because <laughs> it could have come in handy. Um, at some points in the trail today, uh, it was more like wading through a, a small river uh, than actually hiking. And it, it was a lot of fun. It was really exhilarating. It was enjoyable. Uh, I don't think any of us had a frown on our face at any point in the day. Um, But yeah, what was it like for you guys? I thought it was kind of fun.
2: I especially thought it was fun watching Ariane in front of me trying to walk on the side of the trail to keep her feet dry. When she was already totally soaked, as I was just plodding through the middle of it. But it, it was fun. Um, it, it, it's one of those things that you just have to laugh about it and say, you know, I'm just going to do it and enjoy it because there's nothing I can do about it. It's not right. going to dry just because right. I want it. Yeah,
3: I had so much fun, too. It was actually one of the first times where I've done a hike where you... You really There were certain parts where you really couldn't get off to the left or the right. There are some parts where you could try to walk on the edge. But then same thing as Kim, I just went right on through. I'm already soaked. The water's already above, you know, my sock and the top of my boot. And for me, it was a little bit too of the temperature regulation game because I'm still sweating and I'm already completely wet. Uh, but we did really enjoy stopping and looking at the bright, colorful mushrooms and eating blackberries and just pointing out all the beautiful things on the trail. Because for me, knowing a it was the last day, but also when am I going to have this exact same experience again? You know, the Smokies always change. I'm just going to enjoy it. So we ended up not necessarily stopping for lunch, but just kind of ate snacks as we went again, just to try to make sure that our body temperature was okay.
1: Well, I've always loved hiking in the rain. Um, I, I, I don't mind it. It's refreshing. It's cool. Um, it's much better than hiking in blistering heat. Um, I know it was muggy on your first day hiking uphill. Um, and so, you know, you get that cool, refreshing rain and yeah, it, it, it's a little suck, you know, you get a little wet, but you know, for, for people that are really always worried about, you know, rain gear, how am I going to stay dry? I'm so worried. Oh, what if I get wet? So in the rain that you guys backpacked in this weekend, tell me on a scale of one to 10, 10, oh my God, everything should be waterproof. Nothing, water will never, ever Permeate through my gear. One being, I oh, screw it. Don't worry about the water. You're gonna get wet. What would you rate your day today of? <laughs>
3: Screw it. You're getting wet. And it was awesome because Kim didn't even put on her rain jacket. And then I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, she doesn't ever. And then I'm like, I'm completely soaked and I have my rain jacket and it's fairly new. It just doesn't matter at this point. So that's the beautiful part is you're just wet and it doesn't matter what awesome, amazing gear you have. You're going to be wet. So I might as well enjoy it.
2: Yeah. the, The term embrace the suck definitely is, is the way to go. You just have to enjoy it. And one of the neatest things on this trip was we had three women who had never known each other before and we had such a good time. I mean, we had lots of laughs and Ariane was great at pointing out stuff that I would never have seen because I was watching my feet try to stay (laughs) upright. And I mean, it was just, we just had a really fun time and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate all the time you guys spent getting it ready and everything. So thank you very much.
1: Well, I would say this is that there's been many, many times that it's the tale of two stories with backpackers going out. It's the very first day when everyone looks fresh and clean and they all have smiles on their face and the time that they come back off the trail And they look like they've been in war. Um, You guys came out of the trail as chipper with smiles on your face. As I've seen in a long time, I thought, what did they just like hike a mile in? (laughs) Like, did they fake it? Like, why are they so happy? You know, I mean, it was like Noah's Ark flood time at Elkmont. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to have to get pontoons for the airstream and float down. And, then, and you guys come back off the trail like, hey, how you doing, man? What's going on? And you guys are so, so chipper. Ariane, I mean, like, tell us, like, summarize the trip.
0: Oh, wow. Um, I think Kim, I identified it perfectly. So there, there's so much beauty in the fact of strangers getting to connect and um, getting an opportunity to get to know people. In a very different way so the both of you have known us through voice and our tall tales throughout the time you've been listening to the podcast but we haven't had an opportunity to get to know you and for me getting to meet our podcast listeners you our guests is probably the most special and rewarding thing for me I love to connect to people. Um, I love getting an opportunity to just like enjoy the company and just it was that we meshed so well as a trio. Um, It was the perfect girls weekend (laughs) and it was it was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing and We just jived the entire time. We jived and it was just like a perfect musical instrument. But the trail itself was, it was, it had its tough moments. It had its surprisingly easy moments. It had the perfect weather when we needed it. It had the perfect adventure when we weren't looking for it. Um, It had the the beauty of the Smoky Mountains and that to me is to me is the most beautiful thing is getting to see what you're hiking and you're immersed in and I was pointing out mushroom after mushroom um snippet of almost anything that I could find um, and so we probably were hiking a lot slower than the average but it was beautiful to take it all in
1: well I'm, I mean, you guys just looked really happy when you came off the trail. I think
0: we were really happy.
1: <laughs> um, I'm jealous. I had a bail out water. I almost drowned. Uh, we started building an ark here at Elkmont. Animals were coming in two by two. Um, all I can say is that I was really happy you guys had such a great time. It was really, really cool to have you guys go out and bond with each other. And to meet both of you. I mean, you guys are just great people. This is one of the things what our goal is to take the podcast on the road and meet everybody and see everybody Um, and, you know, to now the legend of Crab Walker um, (laughs) on video. And uh, I'm sure that will be posted somewhere (laughs) soon. So you guys, uh, it's been great. Uh, we again, we're live here at the Great Smoky Mountain National Park in Elkmont Campground, which has its own zip code, by the way, crazy. Um, here on the uh, here with the Airstream, so we'll see you guys on your our next adventure. Thank you guys for coming on the trip.
2: Thank you so much. We've really enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, this is incredible. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's
2: great.
1: You guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please show some love and go to TrustTheTrailPodcast.com and click on the merch link. We have partnered with Teespring and have created the Trust The Trail store. Coffee cups, t-shirts, hoodies, with all your favorite sayings. Also, make sure you go to Trust The Trail Podcast and sign up for specific emails about our trips, meetups, and events that are planned all throughout the rest of the 2020 season. We send out newsletters every 1st and 15th-ish of the month. (laughs) Shout-outs to our lovely and amazing Facebook members and our Patreons who help support our podcast. Kim Caverman, thank you so much for your support and coming on the Smoky Mountain trip. We loved hanging out with you. You are a very class act, so thank you very much. Brother Bear, Jill Lang, EJ Newell. Becky Winger. Becky, you are a blast. We are very, very so happy that you are now trail named Crabwalker. Uh so Crab Walker, thank you so much for coming on the trip. Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Kathy Kinison, Jeff Nineman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellet, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson. Jerry Brucia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, and Rick Hornet. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account and go to Trust the Trail Pad Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts, as always, are available on iHeart, Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and soon to be on Amazon Audio very very excited about that if we're not on one of your favorite podcatchers let us know we'll get one uh, we'll get on there for you also you can follow us on instagram trust the trail and trust the trail facebook page so remember crab walker the trail always gives you everything that you are looking for so
2: trust the trail
1: bye you guys
0: bye